Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's an exciting time of the year for sports. Spring training is here. XFL Week 2 is here. And without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action. And we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000 right now, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV, that's capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is capital BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid, my bookie. Today is Friday, February 14th, 2020. Happy Valentine's Day to all you muttonheads out there. Baseball is alive and well this Valentine's Day. Pitchers and catchers reported on Tuesday. Position players reported to Florida and AZ on Thursday. A lot of rumors and opinions have been swirling around concerning Rob Manfred's proposal of an extended playoff format. Starting in the next next couple seasons, it would expand to seven teams per league, making the playoffs instead of five. Uh, Astros players reported to camp yesterday. Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve speaking alongside Jim Crane. They finally spoke out about their cheating scandal, though it wasn't really sincere at all, and they made a lot of bad points too. But we'll get into that later on. It's Friday, which means we've got our uh, Flashback Friday interview of the week as well. First ever Valentine's Day edition of the Flashback Friday interview of the week. It's one of my all-time faves. Chicago White Sox right-handed pitching prospect Connor Walsh. So let's talk baseball here on episode 157 presented by belly up sports if you're taking your significant other to an event tonight again you should probably go out that'd be nice use tickpick.com to buy your tickets you know why you'll get ten dollars off your tickets using the promo code osho 10 that's capital o-s-h-o-w 10 only at tickpick.com don't forget it or if you're the type of couple that likes working out together i mean i don't necessarily enjoy those couples nor do i recommend you become one but if you're already that annoying couple that works out together why not buy your significant other something from the very prestigious the very stacked shelf over at mecca nutrition in bakersfield california if you're not in baco if you're not in california you can use their website mechanutritionstore.com to buy your items and if you use the promo code OSHO20 that's capital O-S-H-O-W 20 you'll get $20 off not a bad deal my man let's talk baseball dropped a bombshell this week. I mean, a lot of stuff's been happening in Major League Baseball, but they're reportedly considering uh, changing the playoff format and the details of the proposal um, it went south in a hurry for some baseball players. I mean, so according to the New York Post, this is what Joel Sherman reported on Tuesday, I believe. The league is seriously weighing in on the option of allowing seven teams in each league to make the postseason, which means the division winners would pick 
their wild card op opponents under the new format. So while many people believe that Major League Baseball needs to make some changes to the game, they need to evolve like every other sport has. It can be argued here that the playoffs are not where the alterations need to happen. Obviously, the pace of play has been a topic of discussion for years. I mean, the the two of the league's more prominent players, though, here, uh, I think it was Didi Gregorius and, of course, Trevor Bauer, who blew it up. Um, he, he, he tends to be uh, very vocal about most of uh, most of the big news. I mean, he's been vocal about the Astros cheating scandal. He was vo vocal about it uh, today when they had uh, the, their thing, and we'll talk about that later. But his opinions on... Uh, the play the new playoff format on Twitter he did not hold back in his reaction to this news he called out MLB commissioner Rob Manfred he questioned his connection to the game this was the exact tweet and I quote he goes no idea who made this new playoff format proposal but Rob is responsible for releasing it so I'll direct this to you Rob Manfred your proposal is absurd for too many reasons to type on Twitter and proves you have absolutely no clue about baseball you're a joke and then Trevor Bauer actually released a full video of his thoughts later on in the day, speaking very passionately about not only about the apparent proposal, but the, the future of baseball and what he believes would actually help the game. And Bauer brought up some of the issues it could cause, specifically with pitchers, and he did make a lot of great points, but he also noted that uh, unlike the National Football League, the NFL, rest is not always good for baseball players who thrive on a routine of playing. So in this new playoff format, just, just to give you uh, a quick overview, right now the playoff format is as follows. Uh, the two wildcard teams playing a one-game playoff with the winner facing the best team in the respective league, whether it's the American or National League. And then the second and third best teams, uh, record-wise, who win their divisions play each other in the uh, division series as well. So now they want to move that to seven games. So now the wild card would move into a best-of-three uh, series because with this proposal, there's now four wild card teams, if I'm not mistaken. You'd have your three division winners, now four wild card teams. I mean, you could win 80, 81 games and make the playoffs. So this would mean that the best team with the best record in each league would get a full seven day layoff seven or eight day layoff uh, and i think that was trevor bauer's main point here here's him fully going off on the commissioner on his youtube page just a, a quick snippet for you Manfred has suggested or proposed or leaked i don't even know how it got on the internet i don't know why it would even get on the internet it's that ridiculous like just reading through it without even thinking about it for a second they're just wrong like, who put this out without thinking of the fact that the best team in the league is going to get a six-day layoff, a seven-day layoff, while the, we sort out this whole three games here and this wild card, and we're going to pick our opponent, and we're going to do this whole reality TV stuff. Meanwhile, the best team in baseball is sitting at home waiting for all this crap to transpire. God forbid someone's ace pitches four days before the end of the regular season and then has ten days in between starts. This isn't football where you can heal up, and that helps. Like, being on a routine is so important in baseball. We play for six months, and now you're going to say at the most critical time of the year that we're going to get 10 days off maybe or six days in between games, and who knows how the pitching rotation lines up and all this different stuff, and that's supposed to be a benefit? That's supposed to be the best team in baseball gets this benefit? These are just some things that come off the top of my head. The first time I read through the proposal, I haven't even had time to think about this, I just read it like an hour ago, and I, I just am so beside myself with 
Rob Manfred and his ridiculous... <laughs> so that's just Trevor Bauer's take on it. Didi Arroyos also uh, not a fan of it, taking it to Twitter, saying, what is the MLB doing to our great game that we love? I think his direct quote was, why are we changing this lovable sport so much? Um, I like it. I mean, the changes are far from a reality, though. I mean, the structure would need to be agreed to by the players' union in the next collective bargaining agreement with Tony Clark, which, of course, will occur when the current CBA expires after the 2021 season. So we're still at least two or, yeah, two years at very minimum away from anything like this happening. I like it. It, MLB and Michael Kay touched up on this on his show uh, when this news leaked and Trevor Bauer going nuts about it, going, bananas i think that major league baseball absolutely needs to evolve its format here and obviously the um quickening the pace of play is not doing justice compared to sports like the nba and the nfl i mean the nfl is a one-man wrecking crew i mean they're they're not going to be stopped they're by far the number one sport in the country and nba is a close number two uh baseball there's a reason that they don't talk about baseball on first take or sports center like there's a lot of people that complain that they don't talk about baseball first of all they don't know how to talk baseball so i wouldn't want them to talk about baseball and number two the sport's just not as interesting as the other two i mean i think it's very interesting more interesting than the other two but not a lot of people do they without a doubt have to spice things up a little bit and by adding more teams would be 14 total teams so 47 percent of the league would now be eligible for the playoffs starting in 2022 if they can agree to this in the new cba and i think the main thing here is with rob manfred he, he thinks that this new playoff format or at least this is the rumor going around the world is that with this new proposal for an additional four teams again 47 percent of the league will now be eligible for postseason contention this will decrease Increase the amount of tanking in the league, which I don't think is going to happen. I mean, I, I, I guess you could say if more teams are viable for the playoffs, they're going to be willing to spend more to chase a spot because it isn't like the NFL or the NBA where, like, if you're the eight seed in the NBA, you're done. You're going to get toasted. Like, let's say the Knicks go on a miracle run and capture the eight seed. They're getting creamed by the Milwaukee Bucks. Creamed. But in baseball, if you get, say, that one of those wild card spots, one of those six or seven seeds, you have a chance to win. We saw it with the Royals in 2014. The Giants won the World Series in 2014, being the wild card, defeating the Pittsburgh Pirates, I believe, that year. The Nationals were the wild card team this past year in baseball. Anybody could win in baseball as long as you get in. So if more teams are viable, uh, Rob Manfred hopes that they'll be willing to spend more to chase a spot, especially those teams that are in the 80-win range, uh, 79 to 80 one win range i mean a club that projects itself internally to say 81 wins would think about adding to get to 84 85 and have a chance of being even one of seven playoff teams per league so at first glance here the perspective makes sense if you're rob manfred indeed a select group of clubs might decide to deepen their rosters in hopes of of course playing in October, playing October baseball. But the takeaway ignores the broader incentive uh, that an expanded playoff field would create. It would be a race to mediocrity, not excellence. Why would average teams pursue expensive superstars if they could reach the postseason with a win total in the low 80s? 
why would above average teams try to retain their best players such as Mookie Betts hint hint Boston Red Sox if they're likely headed to uh, it would be a best of three uh, play-in scenario regardless of their moves I mean best case scenario here uh, the slight boost in motivation for the middle of the road teams here to get a better advantage would cancel out the diminished incentive for good teams to improve maintaining a status quo that's been heavily criticized for encouraging wealthy owners to be cheap and at worst the landscape would shift further from the arms race for elite rosters than uh, fans deserve and there are plenty of examples of average teams that have made splashes this offseason that in the proposed playoff format might not be so motivated to load up. I mean, with the Arizona Diamondbacks sign Madison Bumgardner, knowing their 85-win uh, team from a year ago would probably be enough to reach the playoffs. Would the Reds stock up on talent? I mean, maybe not. Maybe they would. It's a dilemma well explained by uh, Dan Zimborski of Fangraphs on Twitter. He said, let's give an example here. The Red Sox were a long shot to get the number one seed in the American League with Mookie last year. Losing four wins has much less of an impact in a system in which the only penalty is home field advantage for the number seven seed. So in other words... This kind of system encourages more teams like Boston, like the Red Sox, to trade their Mookie bets or whoever their franchise player is, if not fewer. It creates a system in which any team that doesn't have a good shot at the number one seed ought to focus on winning 87 games. I mean, there are perhaps reasons why an extended playoff format would work for baseball. Those cases, of course, will surely be laid out in the coming weeks, but arguing that it would lead to more team spending seems like a stretch and possibly the opposite of what would actually occur. So when you really look at the winners and the losers of this new concept, you got to think the mediocre teams, the mediocrity here comes out a winner. I mean, the initial reaction has, and rightly so, focused on the potential of watering down the field here. Since the second wildcard team was added, I think it was 2011, 2012, because remember, there was only one wildcard team. There was only four teams who made it in each league. And even before that, in the in the early 90s, when they instilled the, the, the wildcard rule with Bud Seeley, remember, it was only the, the three division teams. You play to win the division. Then they had the wildcard team, which was a huge success. Then the two wildcard teams that teams kind of didn't like at first, but then you got used to it. I mean... Since this was at, I think we can confirm it was 2012, the average wins by the number six and number seven seeds would have been significantly lower than for the number five seeds, which did make the playoffs. And the final playoff teams in both leagues have averaged 89 wins since 2012. That figure would have just uh, been just, what, 87 wins for the number six seeds in that span and 84 wins for the number seven seed if, if this does come true in the next couple of years in 2022. Baseball's playoffs would also have seen some number six or number seven seeds with just 79 wins or 80 wins over that time frame, meaning the new system would reward clubs for being at or even below 500. So in fact, under this system, five teams with records of 500 or worse would have made the playoffs over the last seven years. And in 2017, the American League would have just two sub-500 wildcard uh, winning teams. That would be a significant shift for a league that has traditionally rewarded regular season success. Uh, so mediocre teams, the mediocrity, that would be the number one winner in this scenario. You know, the New York Metses and the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mean, the loser here, definitely the second best team in each league. 
if these rules that have been stated over the past few days are correct, the playoffs should ultimately reward the most deserving teams in the sport. I think we've made that pretty clear. But the new format has few rewards for teams that aren't the number one seed in the American or National League team. Uh, I think it was Ben Clemens of the Washington Post. His research uh, at Fangraphs, excuse me, found that the best team in each league should win the World Series better than 22% of the time in the current five-team field and better than 24% in the proposed new system. And the top seeds would be helped substantially by having uh, a first-round bye. Not if you're uh, Trevor Bauer, though. Pitchers would get over a week rest. The second-best team in each league, though, would see its World Series chances reduced from 14% to 10%, which is the biggest potential drop among any of the teams qualifying for the playoffs so the proposed new system would help the sixth and the seventh best teams in each league while hurting the second and third best teams now this would be a plus for the higher seeded uh, teams in the wild card rounds those that are the highest ranked wild card teams i mean the team with the best record in each league would get a buy directly to the division series like we stated they'd get that week off the remaining two division winners would get to pick their opponent for a three-game wild card series so that's that's the one interesting like fantasy factor that uh mlb is trying to obtain trying to get that uh, entertainment factor on the fan side and the social media side so the remaining two division winners would get to pick their opponent for a three-game wild card series and the higher seeded team would host all three games in the initial round giving them a distinct advantage home field advantage there and assuming two teams of equal talent the one with home field advantage should win a single contest about 54 percent of the time and uh uh according to fan graphs and the home team's chances of winning a three-game series in this scenario improves to 56 percent so to use an example from last season the defending world series champions in 2019 the washington nationals they went 93 and 69 with a 574 win rate they had a 56 uh, percent chance at beating the milwaukee brewers who were 89 and 73 and they were home in that game at home in the wild card round they would have had a 60% chance to win a three-game series with every contest occurring at Nationals Park. So higher-seeded teams in the wild-card round have just, uh, I think, it was a 7-9 and nine record since 2012. This format is going to change that. It is going to boost their chances tremendously. Um, free agents could get hurt by this. I mean, some analysts have described the changes as, quote-unquote, an anti-tanking device, which would give more teams a reason to spend money in free agency but that framing might be overly optimistic so with a lower barrier to postseason entry every team with a, at least 86 wins over the past seven years would have qualified for the playoffs there might be less incentive to pay big money to free agents to improve their club so if an 80 so just for an example here if an 80 win team under the existing format wanted to be a playoff contender management would need to get its franchise to what 89 wins at least on average to qualify if we assume a win costs something like 8.1 million in free agency then the cost of turning an 80 win team into a sure playoff participant via free agency would be tens of millions of dollars but under the proposed new format here 
that same 80 win team would only need to improve by say four wins to have a realistic chance at the playoffs which is a significantly lower cost and that in turn could weaken the competition for prized free agents so there are ways to improve a club other than free agency obviously of course but unless you have a strong farm system ready to deploy players to the big league level the quickest route is usually spending money on free agency um i mean I guess this would be good for general managers who are budget conscious. Uh, That's not Brian Cashman. But general managers could, in theory, justify lower payrolls with this, as it might cost less to field a playoff team in this, again, watered-down format that Rob Manfred is proposing. And under the current format, playoff teams since 2012 have averaged around $126.6 million in payroll. So a a team with enough wins to finish in the 6th or 7th spot averaged uh, $115.1 million in payroll. So fringe playoff teams with smaller budgets could also reap the uh, monetary reward rewards here if you will that come with a postseason berth at the sixth or seventh seed and after the league takes a cut of the uh, gate receipts from playoff series the rest of the money is split between players and the postseason teams and the players pool is i think 60 percent of the gate uh that are uh, receded from the first four games of a seven game series and the first three games of a five game series in the divisional round and half the receipts uh from the wild card games so that leaves millions in revenue for the participating teams and that doesn't include the goodwill created for a team by making the playoffs which uh, i think it was nate silver in 2005 estimated to be around 30 million dollars merely for a playoff appearance not necessarily a victory but just an appearance that would be equivalent to 39 million dollars today not including any further increases by major league baseball which they've seen from lucrative tv deals and the like so all in all here this system again looks like it could actually be a win for owners who spend less money than you know the guys like billy bean but we'll see again my final thoughts on this i like it it makes baseball more interesting you got to evolve with the times i don't know why trevor bauer went off on i i know he's a player and we're not like the media the media likes it of course but the media again doesn't really understand it from a player's point of view where trevor bauer and dd gregorius obviously upset here But baseball, from just a a demographic standpoint, has taken a hit compared to basketball and football and soccer, even hockey. So I think this is a good thing for baseball. Maybe it'll extend the playoff format when it comes to series. Uh, I, for one, my opinion when it comes to the division series, it should be best of seven. Every series should be best of seven. And you make those wild card uh, rounds best of three. And then once you get into the ALDS or NLDS, best of seven. That way you have to go through seven or excuse me three seven game series to reach the promised land i mean again in baseball if you get that six or seven seed you have as good a chance as anybody else again the the best team in the league is rewarded with that week off but in trevor like trevor bauer says you get a week off you're out of routine at that point you're playing for six seven months straight if you count spring training so that's kind of a disadvantage for the number one seed And the number two seed, like we mentioned before, isn't getting that much of an advantage either, even though they get to pick their opponents. But that's what I think makes baseball so great is that any team could win once you're in. Once you're in, anything could happen. So I think it's a good thing for baseball. We'll see if if the players' union agrees to it with their new CBA deal coming up in 2021. Tony Clark and Rob Manfred 
get it together. And again, uh, spring training uh, kicking off this week. The Houston Astros, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jim Crane speaking to the media for the first time, really. I mean, they spoke at their fan fest a few weeks back, but they only hurt themselves more than they helped themselves. And I guess they hurt themselves even more today because their apology was so insincere. They showed no remorse. They all read off of scripts. Uh, it was like three robots talking. And Jim Crane even said that the the that the, the, the sign stealing didn't impact any of the games. And then when he was questioned about that, actually said, no, I didn't say that. And we'll play the clips here for you. Uh, but first, I wanted to get into the interview with uh, Connor Walsh, Chicago White Sox right-handed pitching prospect, was the closer for the their AAA organization, the Charlotte Knights, last year. Got a chance to sit down with him at BB&T Ballpark out in Charlotte, North Carolina last summer. Great dude. Just announced his retirement from baseball, actually, going back to his alma mater to be the pitching coach. So congratulations to Connor Walsh. We're talking Philadelphia Phillies. He grew up in Philly, big Phillies fan, his admiration for Roy Halladay, what he does during his offseason, making the AAA All-Star team after a very bumpy road to Major League Baseball. So let's talk to Connor Walsh here on episode 157, but first a quick word from TickPick. Like four hours? Does that work? <laughs> I can give you like five to ten minutes. That, that, we can make it work. Okay, cool, Just, great. <laughs> all right, so Connor Walsh, obviously AAA All-Star this year. How does that sound? And how'd you? I didn't actually check out the game. I heard you gave up, gave up quite a yeah, long quite home a, run. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't think it's landed yet. Well, that's a shame. How how was the uh, the atmosphere? How was the experience playing in the AAA All-Star game? Unmatched, man. It was. Uh, it was incredible. I, like the feelings that I felt pitching to, to such talent and being around other pitchers that have incredible talent. I mean, it was it was a moment I'll never forget. And obviously, you were there. Who would you say is the best prospect in the game right now? Who do you think is the best player in AAA? Oh man. Well, I'm gonna be biased, and I'm gonna say it was Ryan Goins. Now it's he's a good up teammate. In, yeah, oh, yeah, he's teammate. in the big leagues now, but it was definitely him in my eyes. That's a good teammate. What do you, what do you what, how do, what do you feel has been the key to your success this year? Obviously, you started the year in Birmingham, came up early on in the season. Yeah, um, I would just say my key to success has been just perfecting my mental game. And, and I use the wrong term there because I'm never going to be perfect in this game, and, and no baseball player ever is. However, uh, just being able to control my mind and kind of let things happen and, and my ability to let go and just let my body work has been uh, immensely beneficial for me this year. And, of course, everybody's got a draft story. You got drafted in 2014, correct? 2014, yeah. What is um, Connor Walsh's draft story? So, uh, yeah, I was, uh, you know, everybody's going to tell you the same thing I'm about to tell you. Um, I thought I was going to go higher than I actually was. Yeah, that, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, Almost so, yeah. You know, every, you're going to hear from everybody. So uh, that happened, and I was actually, I was taken on the third day. And I remember um, talking to my agent, and you know, I was like, I, I think I want to go back to school and get my degree. That's really important to myself and my family. So, um, at that point, that was where I was at. And my agent was like, you know, this is the number that uh, I think will be smart to take. And I have full trust in my agent. So I said, yeah, if we can get that, sure. And 
I didn't even watch the draft because I was so like you know wow. just upset about it. And, um, <laughs> and then uh, I knocked on my dad's door, walking into his house, and he, he like answered the door and he was looking at me like I had like ten heads. He was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You just got drafted by the Chicago White Sox." I was like, "What?" And then I got calls like right after that. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was wild, man. It was a cool, cool experience. And you grew up in Berwyn, Pennsylvania? Yeah, yeah. A, a spot right outside of uh, Philadelphia. Right. I went to Radnor High School. Okay, so I ask this to almost everybody I interview because I feel like a lot of players were too busy playing the game to actually like a team growing up. Like, <laughs> pro baseball players obviously love baseball. You're here. Yeah, yeah. We're not. Um, did you grow up a Phillies fan? Did you have a team growing up? Yeah, absolutely. I grew up a huge Phillies fan. Okay. Uh, me and my buddies would always try to make it down to the park and watch a game. And if we weren't watching that, then we are watching them on TV. But, yeah, they, uh, they won the World Series in 2008. Yeah. And uh, just that whole experience, I mean, I can't imagine how it would be for the players as a fan going to that. It was, like, so cool. So I hope to one day hopefully bring uh, or help bring that to uh, Chicago, to the south side one of these days. There you go. Another right answer. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. 26, right? You're 26. 26 years old. So that was like the pinnacle of the Phillies' success. You had the Utleys, the oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Howards. Oh, yeah, the Ryan Howards, the Shane Victorinos, uh, Pat Burrell, all those guys, man. They were they were such a fun to watch. They are so fun. So how difficult was it uh, coming up through the system? Was there like at any moment in your career, I feel like a lot of players feel like this, was there at any moment in your career where you thought maybe this might not pan out for you? Or were you always confident that this would always work I out? I always knew I was going to be a big leaguer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just there kidding. No, not right at answer. all. Not at all. No, I think of right answers. I think that, uh, I think that, again, this is another thing. If you talk to like every baseball player that's played this game, they, they, everybody has that one year where they're like, I don't know if this is for me. And, yeah. I mean, you can look at my stats. 2018 was a rough year for me. But, again, you know, if, if you're made to play this game and you really want to and you work hard at it, you can learn from all your mistakes. So uh, I could sit there and look at my year last year and say I sucked, or I could say it was an incredible learning experience, which it absolutely was. So on bus rides, are you the type of guy who's screwing around, playing cards, messing with your teammates, messing with your friends, whatever? Are you the type of guy that just lays back, watches Netflix, listens to podcasts? What do you do? So I'm a big music guy. I'm a big podcast guy. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll definitely help in some, you know, some jokes on the bus if I need to, just to keep it light. I mean, this game's tough, and you're with the same guys for, you know, half the year. So it, I think that it's important to have a little bit of fun sometimes. What's your favorite podcast? I love Joe Rogan. He's got Joe such Rogan a wild, yeah, yeah. He's got an, a wild array of people that come on there, from UFC fighters to like scientists, Everyone, yeah. everybody. Yeah. So I love listening to different people's perspectives on life, on their sport, on, on whatever they have to talk about. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Joe Rogan experience just because it's like three hours long. Yeah, maybe if you cut it, like maybe two and a half hours. <laughs> I'm a big pardon my take guy with okay. coastal sports. Okay, yeah, I haven't gotten too much into them, but I, I obviously am completely familiar with who they are and. Dude, they do some pretty funny stuff that I've seen. So. I mean, at times they're inappropriate, but sometimes you're just like, man, these guys are funny. And yeah, they're smart. Yeah, but again, like, I don't know. I, I like the inappropriate humor. I, I get into that stuff. So I've read a few things, and they do that pizza review, which I think is hysterical. Oh, it's like, awesome. Davey Page it. views. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're one of those guys who, like, doesn't like sitting down with a guy who's going to ask you, like, so what's your uh, preparations going into Friday's game? You know, you know yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't mind it because I – I love talking about baseball and how I prepare just because I know it helps, like, the younger kids out and, and, you know, and how they prepare. And, you know, if I can help a kid out a long way, that's great. But at the same time, I, you know, I, I like to keep it loose as well just because I believe baseball can get way too serious sometimes. So many great rivalries in baseball. You got the Yankees and the Red Sox. 
obviously still today, but back in 03, 04, it was a madhouse. I would have loved to go back in time and see that. You got the Cubs and the Cardinals. Yep. The curse uh, with the Billy Goat in Chicago. Oh, yeah. If you could go back in time, any any sport, any rivalry, which which time zone would you go back into to be a part of a certain rivalry? That's a tough question. See, that's not your daily uh, preparation no, question. No, that's not my daily preparation question, but I like it. Um, okay, to be honest, and again, I'm going to be biased here, and I'm not going to say like a certain game or certain uh, particular rivalry, but if I could go back in time and, um, and be have an umpire's perspective on watching uh, one of Roy Holiday's no-hitters, oh, yeah. I mean... Dude, that guy was such an artist, and just seeing how difficult it is at the AAA level, not the big league level, at the AAA level to execute pitches and get guys out, um, watching Roy Holiday do what he did, it's it's so unbelievable, and he really was an artist. So if I had to go back and watch anybody, it would be Roy Holiday. I think it was against the Reds, his no-hitter was. Yeah, no-hitter. Uh, yeah. So I would definitely have an umpire's perspective on that game. I mean, him and Don Larson, only two in uh, Major League Baseball history with no hitters in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. His wife with a great speech on his behalf. Absolutely. And you're a Phillies guy, so that was like the prime, too. Exactly. You, I'm you biased, got to see that. Man, I'm biased. So you are a special assistant coach, right, at uh, University of Northern Kentucky? Yes, volunteer assistant coach. Volunteer I was coach. last year. So obviously you got a, a lot of time on your hands, but how was it working with, like, young arms, and what kind of advice did you give those guys? Oh, man. It was so much fun. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm hoping to uh, potentially help out a little bit uh, this offseason. Again, pending, you know, I might go play winter ball or, or if I am if I get called up before the season ends, uh, whatever may happen. But um, it was such a cool experience, and it allowed me to remove myself as a player and see it from a coach, which I think is really important for kids, um, yeah. especially wanting to, you know, get to a level that I'm at and even higher. Uh, I would say that the biggest lesson I taught the kids would be to, like, it doesn't matter where you're at. Like, guys at our level, everybody has talent, but who can control their mind and who can control their body in big-time situations and who can produce consistent results? I think that's, that is just the complete X factor when it comes to, uh, you know, teams wanting to sign guys or wanting to promote them. Not only can you, you know, be a be a really good hitter in batting practice, but can you come up in a, you know, in the bottom of the ninth with two outs and a three-two count, and uh, put a, a good swing on the ball. That doesn't mean hit it over the fence and be the hero, but can you be the guy to hand the bat to the next guy? And can you do that on a consistent basis? And you actually ran a uh, camp, correct? Yeah, I ran Dollar a, and a dream camp. Yep, exactly. Dollar and a dream. Yeah, that was uh, me and my buddy Ryan Atkinson, who's with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks right now. And um, our, our, you know, our whole goal behind that that title was just, you know, that's that's Ryan Atkinson and I's life as a minor leader. We have a dollar to our name. We're not yeah. getting paid the big bucks, but we have a dream, and, and we want to make sure that the youth understands that, you know, it, it takes a lot of grind to achieve big things, and it's never given to you. So no matter how much money you have in your pocket or, or what your goal is, you got to chase it and embrace it. So last thing before I let you go. Yeah. Everybody from PR to the players here that tell me you're a funny guy. <laughs> tell me a joke. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Uh, on the spot. On the spot. I don't I don't Better know if I have it. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if I have a good joke for you right now. I think if you gave me like five minutes, I could, I could come up with one. Um, dude, I'm going to have to plead the fifth. I don't know. I don't know a funny, appropriate joke to tell. Wow. Right it doesn't have to be appropriate. I mean, this is. I, 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 I got like, I'm more of like a. I'm not the true media. I'm, I'm more of a uh, kind of just uh, go with the flow funny guy. 
Like, okay. I'm not the guy that's like, here's a mic, make people laugh. It's just kind of the everyday, keep it light stuff. I would say I'm more animated than I am uh, just verbally good with with being funny. You so know you I mean? couldn't be like a stand-up comedian one day? No, I, I don't. I don't think I ever. I would love to try. I think that'd be so much <laughs> fun. But dude, I mean, that's that's really tough to do. I don't think I could do it. So what are you gonna do right now? I'm like gonna, after this interview, what are you doing right now? I'm gonna go eat, and then I'm also I have some players on the team that think they're the best at ping pong, and I have to show them that they're absolutely not even close. We just went back there. I saw the table. I'm like, these guys must have a blast. A lot of miles on that table. A whole lot of miles. So, I guess this is the real last question before we go. Since you brought it up, you're about to eat. What 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 do you guys eat on a daily basis? Are you guys fed well, or is it like whatever you guys can find down here? Yeah, what no, no. I know like, a lot of yeah. like the catering and dishes up in the big leagues everybody's like oh yeah that's uh, yeah. good that's good like what's it so the big leagues is great but luckily for us we have amazing clubbies so like i, I don't know a daily spread would be uh like turkey sandwiches or like mashed potatoes mac and cheese and some chicken yeah uh, yeah so it's you know i try to stay away from sugar like not that anybody really cares what no. i eat when i don't yeah. eat but my teeth are like so terrible that i try my best to just stay away from sugar <laughs> as a whole and uh, that's kind of like my diet in a nutshell. It's just eat, because I'm skinny, so I just eat as much as I oh, can yeah. and not consume too much sugar, and I tend to be all right. Now, are you like, like me? I could eat like four quarter houses in a day, and I won't gain a pound. Yeah. You got a I, fast metabolism? Yeah, big time. Like, I've, I could crush I could crush a, uh, a large pizza and, like, just not put on a pound, which has been an issue in my career, because I'd like to be a little bit, uh, I think my fighting weight's a little bit more than what it is now, yeah. but... You know, like I said, sometimes you just have to embrace who you are and, and try to let go of the pressures that and you that's have. That's fair. And I mean, we, we got a ton of pizza and wings up in the press box if you're interested. Yeah, I mean, I, I would out-eat any of you. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Connor Walsh, thank you very much. Hey, for thank time, you, man. man. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, I could go for, like, a chicken sandwich right now. Yeah. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? Then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecha Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you, the customer, with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecca Nutrition products for over a year and a half now. And for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's 
general manager at Neil or Neil at MeccaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecca Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Again, congratulations to Connor Walsh on his retirement from the game of baseball. Again, was a AAA All-Star this year with the Charlotte Knights and the Chicago White Sox organization. Congrats, buddy. But uh, I wanted to get into the Houston Astros sign-stealing scandal once again. I mean, I... I know everybody, it's just like beating a dead horse with this news, but they keep making things worse and worse and worse and worse for themselves. And exactly, it's been now one month uh, since being disciplined by Major League Baseball for their illegal sign-stealing scheme. The Houston Astros, finally, they finally issued something resembling of an apology on Thursday morning. So it was Astros owner Jim Crane, new manager Dusty Baker, uh, Jose Altuve, and Alex Bregman, I believe, were the only ones that held a press conference at the team's spring training complex to discuss the scandal. And this is what Jim Crane had to say. I want to again say how sorry our team is for what happened. I also want to repeat this will never happen again on my watch. We're apologizing because we broke the rules. And uh, current Astros, who are part of the 2017 World Series championship team, which includes Altuve and Bregman, and others like George Springer and Yuli Gurriel, held a meeting Wednesday evening, actually, to discuss the scandal and presumably the steps that they'll take moving forward when it comes to the media and even their opponents on the field. Dusty Baker and Jim Crane called the meeting productive. They said at uh, the meeting last night, this is what Crane said, the players showed tremendous remorse and sorrow and uh, embarrassment for their families, the organization, and the city of Houston, and for baseball. While it didn't appear that way when they apologized today, Thursday's press conference was heavy on canned remarks and uh, difference to the commissioner's report, a very short on uh, uh, on contrition. I mean, at one point, Jim Crane said, I don't think I should be held accountable, and noted that the commissioner's report said that he had no knowledge of the sign-stealing operation. Um, this wouldn't stop with the owner, though, apparently. Later on, Jim Crane said that he did not believe that the sign-stealing impacted the game, only to contradict himself a few moments later. This is what he, he said, and I quote, our opinion is that this didn't impact the game. That's why your man, that's why you fired AJ Hinch. That's why you fired Jeff Lunau, because it did impact the game. And he actually went back and said that, that he didn't say it didn't impact the game. That, it was about a, like 30 seconds after the fact that he said our opinion that this didn't impact the game. The next question said, you do think this impacted the game? He's like, no, that's not what I said. That's exactly what you said. Take a listen. You know, our opinion is, um, you know, that this didn't impact the game. Um, we had a good team. Um, we won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. Jim, when talking about the Yankees there, did you say you feel like this didn't impact the game? And what do you mean by that? I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. You know, our opinion is, uh, you know, that this didn't impact the game. I, I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Muttonhead, Jim, <laughs> what the hell? If it didn't impact the game, then why'd you fire A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau? If it didn't impact the game, why did you say... Like, why are you apologizing in the first place? Why is any of this going down if it didn't impact the game? 
I mean, it shocks me that these guys weren't even remotely prepared for the questions that they were going to be asked today. I mean, Altuve and Bregman's apologies. I mean, don't even get me started. They both delivered uh, prepared statements that were obviously scripted and did not take any questions. And in fact, they were ushered away merely seconds after their statements and did not remain for the entirety of the, you know, the rest of the uh, press conference. No other Astros players were actually present for that either. Uh, this is what uh, Bregman had to say. He said, I am really sorry about the choices that were made by uh, my team, by the organization, and by me. I have learned from this, and I hope to regain the uh, and I hope to regain the trust of baseball fans. Uh, that's not happening. He also said, I would also like to thank Astros fans for all their support, and as a team, we are totally focused on moving forward uh, to the 2020 season. Thank you. That's not enough. That's not nearly enough. Uh, this is what Altuve had to say. He said, we had a great team meeting last night, and I wanted to say to the whole Astros organization and the team feels bad about what happened in 2017. Oh, man, you do? Uh, we especially feel remorse for the impact on our fans and in the game of baseball. The team is determined to move forward and play with intensity and bring back a championship to Houston in 2020. Honestly, if they play well and win a World Series, that's only going to raise even more questions. I know you want to play well, but like that's not i mean altuve and bregman were both asked about the uh, commissioner's report at fan fest last month bregman of course deferred to the report and then altuve defiantly said that the astros are going to be in the world series in 2020 which again I, I don't get it crane though crane said that altuve and bregman were quote-unquote caught off guard by the questions at fan fest which is a very lame excuse, if you ask me. What did they think they'd be asked about? The 2020 season? How they were one win away in Game 7 against the Nationals in the 2019 World Series? And Crane actually went as far as to say that he blamed management for uh, poor leadership because, again, this was officially claimed by the commissioner a player-driven scheme, even though none of them were punished. And over the last few days and weeks, it's become more clear that the blame is being laid on uh, those no longer with the Astros. A.J. Hinch, Jeff Lunau, they were suspended and then fired. And then, of course, uh, the former bench coach, Alex Cora, was fired by the Red Sox. And then Carlos Beltran, former player who's now known as the kingpin of this uh, situation it was called the godfather by everybody in that clubhouse during the 2017 season they all stepped down from their, ma their managerial positions with the red sox and mets um so this is what crane said he said the leaders enabled condone and did not stop actions that happened i agree that our players should not be punished this is a great group of guys who did not receive proper guidance from their leaders so between saying the players should not be punished and that he personally should not be held accountable jim crane has placed all the blame on aj hinch all the blame on jeff lou now all the blame on alex cora and carlos beltron it's awfully convenient everyone involved in the scheme is no longer with the organization and those still with the team shouldn't face any consequences according to jim crane and he doesn't feel the need to reach out to the Dodgers either. He said, uh, I mean, the Yankees lost to the Astros in the 2017 American League Championship Series in seven games. And several Yankees players, including Masahiro Tanaka, said that they felt cheated out of a World Series. I mean, Sushi Sabathia said it on his R2C2 podcast with Ryan Rucco that the Yankees won the World Series in his mind and that nobody can change his mind. But when Crane was asked about that, the Yankees, during that 2017 ALCS, when they won all four games, then they went on 
on to beat the Astros. Crane said, our opinion is this didn't impact the game. And then later on, he was asked whether he feels uh, a need to apologize to the Los Angeles Dodgers, whom the Astros beat in the 2017 World Series, because Clayton Kershaw recently noted that no one with the Astros organization has shown any remorse towards the sign-stealing scheme. And on Thursday, Jim Crane essentially doubled down, saying that he has no plans to reach out to the Dodgers to apologize. He says, I don't feel it necessary to reach out to the Dodgers. And he says that there's no substance to the buzzer rumors, because those are the, that's the the the, the scheme that's being talked about right now which would totally ban jose altuve for life if it did uh, if it was true uh, over the last few weeks um those rumors have circulated that astros players have worn buzzers or other devices as part of a more modern sign stealing scheme and rather than uh banging on a nearby trash can to relay signs this device would buzz to let the hitter know what pitch was coming and jim crane stopped short of a of a denial but rejected the premise he said the commission addressed that in the report i'm confident it's accurate he said which is what aj hinch said in his interview with uh mlb network's tom ferducci which everybody thinks is blasphemy he also said i discussed it with the players i truly believe there were no buzzers i don't even know where that came from there's no substance to that whatsoever yes there is all those footage, all that video of Jose Altuve not asking to rip his jersey off after the 2019 ALCS after his walk-off home run off of Aroldis Chapman. He immediately went into the clubhouse to change out of his jersey instead of celebrating with his teammates for just going, for just winning the pennant and moving on to the World Series. He doesn't even celebrate. He immediately has to go into the clubhouse and change out of his jersey because his wife would be offended if his shirt was, or if his, uh, if, if his body was shown on national national television i mean give me a break carlos correa even offered a a strong denial uh, uh when it comes to the use of alleged uh, use of buzzers he categorically denied that the astros were wearing buzzers which was the strongest denial issue to date um no no one wore buzzers that's a lie i want to speak the truth it's just straight up false no one wore anything so the players are being very adamant that they didn't wear anything but the manager and the owner aj hinch just said yeah uh they investigated and they found nothing jim crane said the exact same thing they investigated they found nothing and i believe them would would you have like, they had an opportunity there to say that no way that happened but they didn't they left room for uncertainty they left room for it because if it did happen and it does come out they don't look as bad they just blame mlb's investigation for being poor and when it comes to the whole how Jose Altuve not wanting his shirt to get ripped off because his wife would be offended, I think it was the first day of pitchers and catchers. Gary Sanchez, New York Yankees catcher, he spoke on that subject. He wasn't even asked about it, but he was he was speaking about it on the uh, Astro sign stealing scandal um, and took a jab at Jose Altuve. This is an early front runner for quote of the year when it comes to Major League Baseball. He said, and I quote, I can tell you this, if I had a home run to send my team to the World Series, they can rip off my pants they can rip off anything that's what sanchez said when he was asked about altuve's walk-off home run against the yankees in the alcs last year which sent that team to the world series and following uh, major league baseball's investigation into the astros which found them guilty of using the uh, electronic methods to steal opposing team signs a number of other speculations surfaced including the buzzers and the buzzer speculation began um john after john boy um uh he um of course 
is behind the video of the trash can banging. That that video was what was shown to Rob Manfred by uh, uh, one of the team's owners. It, I don't think we ever found out which team it was, but one of the team owners took that video made by John Boy to the commissioner's office, and that's what they used as evidence during their investigation. And, of course, the buzzer speculation uh, began after a Twitter account claiming to be the niece of Carlos Beltran, uh, yeah, Carlos Beltran's niece, said that some Astros players were wearing buzzers under their jerseys and those of course were screenshotted by John Boy he talked about him on the Michael K show shortly after that um, and again it just makes him look so it makes Jose Altuve look so suspect telling the team not to rip off his jersey and then he ran straight into the tunnel instead of celebrating I mean he was hiding a buzzer he had to be hiding a buzzer there uh, I mean after the game he was asked by Ken Rosenthal of the athletic who they jumped on this story Ken Rosenthal and Evan Drylick um, why this, yeah, he, this is what Rosenthal asked him why he told his teammates not to take off his jersey Altuve just laughed uh, he laughed it off he said I don't know I'm too shy last time they did that I got into trouble with my wife that's two completely different answers right there I don't know I'm too shy last time they did that I got in trouble with my wife so that's three different answers there and when Sanchez was also asked about uh, the different videos of the buzzer speculation, of course, seeing the video of the walk-off home run, he's like, I've seen a lot of videos, I've seen them all, people send them to me all the time. And Jose Altuve, of course, he spoke at FanFest about this, and I didn't actually read this part. I know he said, and I quote, that's really ridiculous, why would I do that? Like, I read that part, but then he went on to say that the MLB did their investigation, they did not find anything. Again, that's exactly what Crane said, that's exactly what A.J. Hinch said. Like, is that just, like, the politically correct answer, or are they hiding something? I mean, the MLB did their investigation, they did not find any. No, it's yes or no, and when Bregman said it, he just said no that's stupid okay that that's a viable answer okay we won't ask you again but jose altuve mlb did not find their investigation they didn't find anything that's a little suspect and of course aj hinch was asked about uh the astros wearing buzzers in that interview with tom Ferducci, and that he said he believed the commissioner's findings that there was no evidence of wearable devices was true and again that's not a yes or no answer and despite all the different comments here saying and denying the use of buzzers by the Astros, Gary Sanchez and Aaron Boone, at least the only two on the record, believe that that's there's still to be truth to this whole uh, situation. Boone um, is not fully convinced, according to Jack Curry, the S Network, that the Astros refrained from using buzzers to cheat on identifying pitches. He called it part of the great unknown. And when he was asked, like, is do you think that this whole buzzer scheme is put to rest because of uh, what MLB's investigation was, he goes, no. That was his yes or no answer. He gave a yes or no answer. He said no. So we'll see if anything else comes out here in the next few weeks because people are going to talk. The media is going to be all over all 30 teams when it comes to this investigation. Are players going to talk? Are our former teammates of the Astros going to spill the beans here? I hope so. I really do. I, I love chaos. I'd love to see it happen. But we'll see uh, here in the next few weeks as MLB's spring training 2020 kicks off. Again, quote of the year by Gary Sanchez. If I hit a home run to send my team to the World Series, they can rip my pants off. They can rip anything off. With that being said, happy Valentine's Day, you muttonheads. This was episode 157 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports as well as at Belly Up Podcast Network. 
Network. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to The O Show using podchaser.com as well as on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Remember, we're sponsored by TickPick. Use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order at TickPick.com. Use the promo code OSHOW20. That'll get you $20 off. Use the promo code capital O-S-H-O-W-20 for $20 off your next order using MeccaNutritionStore.com. Hit it, Hootie. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube